Welcome to Zion Brethren Podcast. We love you. Mm. <laughs> we affirm you. You're going to live forever. <laughs> <laughs> you can fly. <laughs> this is what people need to hear, Dave. Give him something. Compliment. Anything. Boy, you look good today. <laughs> is that a new hair? <laughs> Makeup? <laughs> Set it. Okay, so today we're going to talk about the funnest episode, a topic in the world, which is, of course, childbirth. <laughs> Am I right? Because we're talking about childbirth, it's going to be like the first time we read a verse on the podcast, not from mm. Chris Lance. <laughs> okay, read that verse at the top. All right, this is from Psalm 127, 3 to 5. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Yeah. Fill your quiver. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dave, why are you like holding and clutching your face? <laughs> Tell me. Grimacing. This is going to be a great episode. But you know what happened. I know what happened. Tell tell us, Dave. Uh, no, you should tell it. No, you should tell it. Were you there for it, Jack? Someone tell it. You are a more cynical person I than I am. It was so after Carmel. Were you going to Kaplan after Carmel? No. This strikes you deeper <laughs> okay. in your okay. cynical, Let me tell angry. You. It's so <laughs> good. It's so good. So I didn't know anything about that verse. That the, you right. know, blessed is man whose quiver is full of them, you know. Until we had a guest speaker at the church that Dave and I went to at the time. And, you know, like, we're like, okay, cool. Is some guy from some mission organization, whatever, just an older guy. And he was charismatic and funny, you know, like walking around and making jokes and stuff up front. And then he kind of was like, you know, the Muslims are having a lot of babies. And it was like, uh, <laughs> like there's a turn here. You know, they're, they're going to take over as the number that top religion because of their birth rate. And, you know, the Bible says Christians should be having a lot of kids. And I'm paraphrasing. I don't know right. exactly what he said. Right. But he said, the Bible says that you should have a quiver full of kids. And a quiver is five. Christians should be oh. having five kids. And that's how we combat the uh, rise of his Islamic extremism. And it was kind of like we all laugh. Ha, 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 ha. And then he was like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> uh. I was like, oh, so I remember that just being the weirdest thing. Dave, do you remember that? It was pretty weird. Yeah. Man. This Sunday, I went to a deacon and an elder. Uh, so I talked to Craig first and actually his wife, Karen. And I was like, do you remember that? And they were like, yeah, that was weird. Hmm. But like their biggest point was, I thought a quiver was six. <laughs> well, let, don't quivers hold six arrows well, Legolas's quiver holds a lot more than <laughs> the infinite kind of like the gun that ever reloads in movies where you're like how did you get all those yeah. and then I talked fun. to Greg an elder and I was like what did you guys do as elders when that happened and he was like you know you get speakers that come in and they say something crazy and yeah, you know like you can't control it and they're only invited for one Sunday, so like, huh. let them say the crazy thing. And he was so chill about it. <laughs> so this podcast is all to convince people to have a quiver full of children, specifically Christian people. Everybody that's, else don't have any. That's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> don't so, nullify my effort by you also having babies as like a Buddhist. Right. Because then it's like zero. It cancels out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So 
having a big family. What's the plan, Dave? Tell us. <laughs> um, when I was when I was younger and <laughs> good, um, I had better ideas when I was younger. Yeah, you did. My I wanted to have one daughter and then seven sons. <laughs> Seven Sons just seem there's something about it that just seems awesome. Oh, perfect. It's like seven word samurai. Is yeah, yeah, they would be samurai. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was gonna raise them like in the mountains, like just completely cut off from ever, like completely cut off from everyone. They weren't gonna see another human being outside of our family till they were like ninja masters. <laughs> what were their names gonna be too? <laughs> I. Uh, I think originally this is a very elaborate system. I think ori- originally wow. the daughters she wasn't as important, right? It was most <laughs> Wow, wow. <laughs> but I did want to have one daughter, and her name was I think was going to be Guinevere. And then I pulled out all these other really awesome names, like um, so there was uh, Glorfindel and Ecthalion from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes, that's right. And let me let me try to remember. Wolfgang. Yeah, Wolfgang. Yes. He was later. <laughs> he was one of the twins, I think. Oh, okay, okay. I don't remember any but the last one now, so keep going. Okay, so there was, yeah, Glorfindel and Ecthalion, and then Morpheus and Lucius. I forgot about oh. Morpheus. Lucius, and then, really? And then there was going to be twins, because you can plan that. Um, Wolfgang and Ishmael. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and the seventh guy. Seventh son. Seventh son was going to be named Stump. <laughs> I don't know why. Were you going to love him as much? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but not the daughter. <laughs> How old were you when you conjured this? Uh, I don't know. This Jun- was high school. High school, maybe. Yeah. Junior high, high school. It's pretty elaborate. That was when I thought I'd have 15 daughters, but I didn't have names for them. <laughs> it wasn't quite as thought through, where his was kind of frightening. Yeah. Tanner, you you obviously had this conversation. Oh, yeah. 15, 15 man. Daughters. 15 daughters. daughters. Oh, yeah. And maybe one son to keep on the family Three name. quiverfuls. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm going full. <laughs> what is the rationale? Although, because it might be six, I, I'm a little confused on this. What was the rationale behind Because daughters it? are the greatest. I'm not going to object to that. Yeah. But is there another reason behind it? Like, they're yeah. the greatest and 15 of them because... Wait, you thought, like, there'd be, like, high mortality and, like, three of them would survive to adulthood? <laughs> that wasn't what I was thinking, Jackson. <laughs> oh, my Actually, goodness. ironically, now this mic was I... <laughs> Anyway, quiverful. We're all for it. Booyah. Yeah. Partly because we're all from large families and because partly we're joking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's that too. Right. Why is this a thing that has picked up? So in the States, there's a movement called the quiverful movement. Quiverful is one word. And it's hmm. like a movement that was started and has gotten steam based on you have as many kids as possible. I don't know how this has gained steam. I didn't know that it had until right now. Well, like, I mean, the fact that there's a guy who comes to Capilano who's randomly preaching it, that we've interacted with one of those people, means there's enough of those people in the world that people are interacting with them. As much as I want to make fun of this concept, Hmm. because I do, I like that it is fighting against our current mindset of kids are bad and we hate kids. Yes, It's... Oh, it'll be such a drain on my life. Yeah. I don't want to have them. I just want to do my right. stuff. Pregnancy is like, oh, I'm oh, so it, sorry. It's a curse. <laughs> you know? and, and that is the mindset of a lot of people our age. Mm. And I don't like that. Right. So you. 
So I do like that this isn't that. You like it's pro <laughs> children. Yes, because the first, part, the, the first part of the verse of the quiver was children are a blessing from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so. But like, why is it picked up? Do you, do you have any theories? Well, I think that fear drives America and that whole demographic thing. I, when I was in Bible college, we, one of my professors like got us to watch a video about not only, not only on how Muslims will lie to you in order to gain influence, oh that they will be lucrative and deceptive. And well, maybe lucrative isn't the word, but deceptive in order to, to be friends with you and then totally like do the opposite thing. And then it was also like, and they're all, they're having eight kids per family. And so it just showed that like, that the map spreading about how many more Muslim people will dominate the world. Right. And I'm like, it made me question a lot of stuff. The sanity of my professor, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Chief among them. Yeah, and I mean, I think part of it, it's a reaction against, Mm -hmm. I think it actually is very tied to fear of Muslims or fear that we're losing power in some way. Hmm. There's there's a good reason for it, which Dave is saying, which is it's people saying, wow, our culture hates the idea of kids or like sees them as inconveniences let's be a church that really encourages and says hey children are a blessing and let's celebrate big families Mm. so that's good but then yeah there's i think behind it it is fear Mm. if we're not the number one religion by numbers somehow it's untrue Mm. i'll give some stats on demographics okay because so the interesting thing about demographics is like for so long like Thomas Malthus. He was a guy who said, we're having way too many kids. We're having way too many kids for what we can sustain. And, oh, man, this is going to be bad. And we need to start not like purging population, but do something radical. Globally, right? Yeah, yeah, that's like Malthusian demography or something like that. So that was like a fear, like a white hot fear we had for a long time. And tied up in that fear was that poor people are having way too many kids. So that was a thing that I think some people still fear, but a lot of people, because the West, Europe Europe and North America, we no longer replace our birth rate. And Japan and a couple other countries. Right. Highly developed countries no longer replace their own humans and their population goes down except for immigration coming in. Mm-hmm. Like the U.S. population would go down every year and Canada's population would go down every year, except we keep bringing in immigrants. Because you need 2.1 kids in order to just replenish because of infant mortality with some right. and because some people will be single and not have kids. So just to keep the population even, you need 2.1. Huh. And we're at like 1.7, 1.8 as Canadians kind of, I, that could be wrong. Uh, I have lots of stats here, but I'm not sure that's one of them. Um, <laughs> so we're like way below it, which is why like Japan's got a huge problem because its population is getting really old. Nobody's having kids. Hmm. And their economy is starting to decline because of that. Hmm. So, like, Japan's in trouble. Interesting. The group that has the most kids, guess. What is the group in the world that has the most Like, kids? ethnic or... Re- re- Either. Mennonites. Nope, but they're up there. Uh, Tomalty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is so funny. Thanks, I'll be here all week, folks. <laughs> wow. It's good. If you don't know, Tomlety is just a family. We know that has a lot of kids. Um, so Mennonites are up there. Yeah. Amish people are above them. Amish yeah. people are above them. And Amish people, they double their population every 20 years because of how many kids they have. What? 
Which is why the Amish are going to run rule the earth one day, okay. you know, because they're growing way. That should be our real fear. <laughs> <laughs> we need to shift our focus. Can't beat them, join them. I'm going Amish. So are the Muslims above the Amish or below? No, 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 no. no. The okay, Amish so, are way ahead. <laughs> so who's so, above the Amish? Orthodox Jews. It is extreme Orthodox really? Judaism. He's number one. He's number one. They have like seven point five births her like couple married sort of thing what yeah so that's why israel started off as this like very secular state with left-wing politics and has slowly become more and more right-wing where like people who think oh they'll come to their senses and like give palestine its own state and stuff it's like no because they're only going to become more conservative because Mm. the secular jews in israel are having almost no kids and the orthodox jews are having 7.5 right so crazy so but then part of that is we've always been afraid of like muslims you know what i mean yeah with childbearing like oh man we gotta have a lot of kids but secular people and atheists are terrified of christians (laughs) people who are atheists do not replenish themselves like they they Mm. don't have enough kids they're not they just delay childbearing and they do all these things you know education or career or whatever is more important And then they have less kids. And so religious people in general of any religion have way higher birth rates than non-religious people. So that's why there's, there's lots of people who think that this secularism bubble that's happening right now is only going to happen for another 50 years. And then we're going to become a lot more religious just because of birth rates. That's the idea. If the amount of young Christians keep right, totally. <laughs> they keep replenishing. No, exactly. the... <laughs> That's right. Wait, what do you mean by that? I'm saying the Christians are the ones replenishing the secular pool. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. That's yeah. true. Is yeah. that like all of our children leave the church and join the secular? <laughs> no. So whoa, like, whoa, whoa. No. They're getting some of ours, but yeah. because they're evolutionists, a lot of atheists are very evolutionists. They're like, that means that the gene <laughs> that makes belief in God more plausible is being reproduced over and over while the gene that makes belief in God, like intellect is pretty right. much being weeded out. And it's a bit of like the idiocracy argument, which yeah. we were talking about that earlier, the movie. Yeah. Do you want to describe the movie? Real quick? Uh, okay. The movie is, um, <laughs> there's a totally average guy, totally normal in every way. Average IQ. He gets in a time capsule essentially and wakes up way in the future where all of the smart people in the world have just stopped having kids and all of the people who are really low intellect have just like redneck trailer trash yeah. they're the ones who are impregnating yeah. 10 over, over and over and over and over again and so he wakes up and he's the smartest, he's the smartest the man on earth because everyone else is just an idiot yeah you terrible world <laughs> uh, so that's the idea that like atheists are worried about is oh my goodness we were so close. We, we Atheism was on the rise. And right. now we're not having kids. Shoot. We're right. losing. And so they, it's funny to like realize, oh, atheists have fear just like Christians. They should start preaching having their quiver full. Right. We can make some money off that. Like do consulting for atheist groups. <laughs> like as Christians, like let me give you the tools of the trade for how we did this. You got to have a lot of kids. A lot of them. They, they did that to some of the Christians who thought that the world was going to end in 2012 because they, they wanted insurance for their pets because their pets aren't going to be raptured. So they approached the atheists and what? said, hey, like 
we, we need you to take wait, care wait, of our stuff. Oh, yes. <laughs> right? That's right. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. So the atheists are like, yeah, when you guys get rapture, we'll take care of all your things and stuff. And don't worry, we'll cover it. And so... <laughs> Dang it. Um, they got us both, again. Both so we got to pay back. <laughs> Should we see having a bunch of kids as an evangelism strategy? The problem is is that, I mean, Eli's kids were terrible. Samuel's kids were terrible. He wasn't a Christian, David. David's kids were terrible. It all depends. Some people have the mindset of your kids. Right, but like. Christians' kids are Christians. But. Most Christians of the world come from Christian parents. Yeah. However well, you want to splice that. Do you think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just ingrained in us that once you go to university, you're lost. Like, there's no hope for you. I, I, what do you mean? Th- like, what, the church presents the, the statistics of young people that leave the church, and it's always around the university age. And then they come back when they want their kids to have Sunday school or whatever. Yeah, when there's a morality thing they're lacking in their secular humanism. <laughs> That's right. But I still think that it's... I don't know how to this strategic game like yeah i think that we this is going on a tangent but i think that we often forget god's role in all of this and how he is going to be leading christians and moving them to you should do this and you should do this Um, it's probably a cop-out yeah so you're saying if we just trust god with it we're not going to have children for the purpose of evangelism like we might still Um, have big families but it's not out of fear and evangelism okay that's going back to kids if you i think the way that we should approach kids is that they are a blessing from the lord and that they are wonderful and what a joy to have children i think we're just so used to being the biggest religion that we can't imagine being the fourth biggest religion because the fourth biggest religion is like some dumb religion we just think (laughs) is completely incorrect because it's like well of course sikhism is wrong you know, or whatever. Because it's fourth. Because it's fourth. Exactly. <laughs> like, we have a little bit of that in our heads. Is Christianity huh. number one? What? Is Christianity Oh, yeah. One? Oh, yeah. Really? Really? Oh, yeah. We're like I guess 33%. I mean, self-identified. Yeah. But 33% of the world's population and Muslims are 25%. But they are gaining on us. Which is why we need to be afraid. Right, so, but you know what I'm saying? That, like, somehow numbers kind of, we've started equating them with truth. Like, cults that have, like, 50 members were like, it's obviously not true because it's a weird cult. Like, that's what Christianity started out as. I think I know know that statistically you're right with all this, but I want to fight against it all the time with, like, people do change from their parents' views you don't think yes i totally agree like the numbers eventually will push it but it's a slow burn because there's so many people Mm -hmm. that fall out of line of their yeah yeah like to think that demography is everything that like it's just all based on birth rates you know republicans are having children faster than democrats therefore republican presidents are going to be elected all the time because they're going to have a larger coalition like that's that's not the number one reason Mm -hmm. So to make it that is silly, but it does seem scary. I feel like it's something that would take hundreds of years without, and sometime in there, there will be major change-ups that will push. Totally. And that's what you're saying, like Like, 50 years, the differences will be observed. Yeah. But, and that's right. And that's kind of part of like, if you do things out of fear, like we should have a bunch of kids, like you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Maybe all the governments start giving atheist people money to have kids and their birth rate shoots above religious people. And then it's like, oh, crap. 
Like, you don't know what's going to happen with your life. So to mm-hmm. even to have pride that we're going to win in the end because we have more kids is like, it's false pride. It's false fear, but it's also false pride. False hope. Because you're so out of control yeah. of your own life, right? I think the reason why the West, I don't think it's all evil reasons. Like we want to attribute everything to moral, like it's the moral bankruptcy of the West. That's why we don't have kids. Like, no, partly it's because we decided that women were equal to men in a lot of ways. And so like, you're not going to have to stay at home and have a bunch of kids. You can have other choices in your life. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's a good thing. You know, and a lot of the reasons is women have, well, okay. (laughs) I think it's a good thing. So I think a lot, but it is also the individualistic, I want my life and my goals and my thing. And then I'm going to have kids when I think that'll satisfy me later on. And it's like, well, that's not what kids is about. Life isn't about you, which partly why I think that religious people have more kids, but I don't want to totally make it moral, but I think there's part of it. Do you think it's sinful for a Christian family to not have kids intentionally Mm. because they don't want to have kids? Because we don't think it's sinful for a single person to stay single, right? Like, oh, no, you need to get married, right? Like, you can, that's fine. We encourage that, you know, stay single, you know, serve the Lord that way. But if you're married and you decide we Mm. don't want to have kids for ministry reasons or whatever, not because you're not unable, you're unable to, Mm -hmm. but because we're going to control kids out for ministry. I think I would have a problem with that, but I don't want to like start making like legalistic rules. No, I don't think I have, would a, I have problem. a problem with that. I don't that. think I have a problem with that. The problem is if the reason is like, well, this is just terrible. It's such a burden on me and I don't want it. That's the issue. If you, But if you have good motivations, you're saying. I think that, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't draw a hard, fast line. I just dislike the standards that we put on people. Yeah. When uh, I know. I don't want to judge somebody else's marriage. No, but it's even, even the, the family that is trying to have kids, the husband and wife that are trying to have kids and they just can't. And they're like, oh, well, you can't? Well, then you should go be missionaries Mm -hmm. because you have so much time on your hands. You should make effective use of your life because if you're going to be it, I'm like, why are you putting these wrong expectations? Yeah, I mean, that's the hard part. Yeah, totally. And even the, the, the emphasis on kids are a blessing and kids are a blessing. If you emphasize it a bunch in your church, you're going to start getting a culture where the people who can't have kids Mm. are going to feel alienated. Because like, oh man, everybody's having kids and everybody's like, when are you going to have kids? They're such a blessing. They're such a blessing. And like, we can't, we try and we can't. And that's my... that's going to really crush you. So that's the hard part of like elevating kids is like this great blessing. But is... I, I, that's where I'm not so sure about your uh, uh, um, insistent use of birth control is a good thing because it's like, we'll use birth control, birth control, birth control. God, you choose when you want to have the accident. And they're like, well, it's not working. So let's have kids. And all of a sudden you're like, oh we can have kids. Yeah. But this is where I'm like logically truly at a place where I'm not convinced birth control is like scriptural really, but I don't ever want to live that way right. where it's like, I think if you get married, you should expect to have kids because mm-hmm. that's part of sex is procreation mm-hmm. and to divorce procreation from that and be like, no, we're going to get married, but then become missionaries. So we're going to choose to not have kids. It's like, no, that's, not what marriage is for. That's what singleness is for. Hmm. But then I wouldn't want to put that on someone. I'm really confused on that. Hmm. What do I do? Clarify next episode. <laughs> 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 after all the listener mail. After comes all in. the mail. <laughs> 
Okay, let's uh, read a listener mail. There's a, an email from Chris that he uh, reflected on with... Uh, Chris Lance? Chris, I, Who's that guy? Oh, Chris Lance. Oh, he, the, you don't need an introduction for Chris Lance. Everybody That's knows who true. he is. He's a long Biggest time. fan of the blog. <laughs> the, blog <laughs> the pod blog is how, <laughs> what he calls it. I had one person a couple hours to say, I hear you starting to blog. And like he has not heard it. And so it was like, there's two... There's two fans of our blog that doesn't exist. <laughs> it's amazing. I think we have more fans of our, our blog, blog than our podcast. <laughs> we don't have a blog. Chris was, so Chris is a longtime friend of, of ours, of mine in particular. Was actually on the podcast. He was on the podcast. He did the uh, things you don't tell your, you what your don't, pastor isn't telling you. What your pastor isn't telling you. So he has some really good thoughts on towards our episode on Facebook and online debating. And he just wanted to make mention of, of uh, a few tactics that Jesus used of the, he, as he says, the greatest debater of all time. So I'll just read a, a brief thing from Chris's thing. So sure, Jesus had the advantage of eternal wisdom and patience, but whenever people attempted to bait Jesus into a bait, he, like Paul in 2 Timothy 2, saw the foolishness of attempting to use sane, rational, or even logic, theological arguments. Instead, when asked to heed a question or when interrogated, Jesus said one of three things, usually. He won. Responded with what a, a good pastor. He's got three things. <laughs> Jesus clearly did three points. I think you got this one. If he did four, he didn't do four. <laughs> <laughs> and if he did four, you're not a Baptist preacher. Anyways, so first one, Jesus responded with a probing, probing question, right? And the example was from Luke, um, twenty. Well, he did it often, actually. Like, yeah, a lot. In a lot of cases, yeah, that's, so that's one. The second one is he told a story or a parable, which was like Jesus' cue. Yeah. Is how he did stuff. Right, something that you're like, what? And people are like, what on earth is that? And then, oh, blows in their mind. Yeah, because Jesus yeah. isn't, he's not. It's well, oh, yeah, sometimes they did totally know what he was getting at, and they're like, oh, he, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> win that story. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And the, the third and final thing was that he simply remained silent. Ooh. And that was, that was certainly clear when uh, he was confronted with Pilate. So thanks for those thoughts, Chris, because those are really good. Yeah, I read that a couple days ago, and I was like, oh. I really need to think through that about, yeah, what, how do you change somebody in a debate? And it's not always by responding to their immediate question with another argument. Mm -hmm. it's, okay, what's the thing behind the thing that we're arguing about, you know? Yeah, thanks for the email, Chris. And thank you for one other thing. <laughs> we need to just give you a thousand shout outs. You made Dave's life. By making that slow jam of Jackson on female Javelin. <laughs> I sent that to Chris and I was like, can you do something with it? He's like, I've never done anything like this. And then I get an email late at night, like early morning. He has obviously been working on this all night. He's like, hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> I never figured my, like a big component of my internet reputation would be my name next to liking female Javelin. Like, of all the obscure things that combine Always together. Always combined. <laughs> oh, Chris, you're just the greatest. Thank yeah, you so thanks much. Thanks a lot, Chris. <laughs> all right well you can go to our facebook page you can do stuff and um hey you're great we just like who you are especially you that shirt you're wearing it's not your fault it's not your fault i'm doing the goodwill hunting oh, thing yeah. ron williams does it's not your fault son it's, it's not, not your, your fault. fault stop it it's not your fault shut up <laughs> it's not your fault son it's not your fault. Tanner and I are hugging right now. <laughs> wow, that was powerful. That was radio drama. Uh, I watched that movie last night, actually. Really? It was so good. Wow. First time I saw we didn't it. even talk about that before. Yeah, so powerful, good. right? Yeah.
Do you like apples? <laughs> <laughs> I got a number. <laughs> How you like, like them that? apples? <laughs> this is my Man. brother. He's wicked smart. <laughs> <laughs> I love their Boston accents. That's my favorite. Okay, go be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. <laughs> Subdue it. Dominion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chatter Hobbs. I'm David Short. I'm Jackson O'Brien. Oh,